listening to the Onside Podcast, the podcast for innovation-driven entrepreneurship here in Atlantic Canada. I'm your host, Alex McCann, and the theme this month is around leadership philosophy. Today, we have our special guest, which is Xavier Joseph, the president of Breathing Green Solutions, Nova Scotia's first licensed producer of cannabis. Breathing Green Solutions is powered by their proprietary pure plant growing method. Prior to this, Xavier was the Senior Vice President Global Marketing for Aurora Cannabis in Toronto. Aurora Cannabis is a publicly traded company here in Canada. For more than 11 years, Xavier also worked for a local company, Color, a digital advertising agency with offices in Toronto, Halifax, and New York. He held various positions as a Director of Digital Marketing, the Managing Partner, and as their President. He's involved in many areas of activity here in our community and is the new incoming chair for the Tribe Network. Xavier is also the chair for the Ombre Academy's basketball team and is a coach with the Community Y. Very passionate about basketball and all things athletic. Xavier, thanks so much for joining us again. Really appreciate having you on the show. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about leadership philosophy, which you shared a little bit about this with me in the past. And I know it's something you're you're really passionate about and, and have your own way of uh, approaching things. And we know because the world is getting more complex, yes. more things are coming at us, whether it's just the complexity of dealing with COVID, supply chain disruptions, equity and inclusion, just all kinds of things are kind of coming at us and our teams are getting burnt out. Yes. So these are all things that are top of mind for leaders and uh, want to talk about these things with you today. So I, maybe I'll start off kind of high level mm-hmm. and throw it over to you and let us uh, let's delve into like what really drives you. You know, what's your if you think about how you approach things, have you found a purpose and a mission for how you approach? I think so. Life? And it's a great question. I think I'm a big believer in all boats rise Mm -hmm. and that all ships can rise. Mm -hmm. I know that people are in different types of ships and some people are in dinghies and some people are swimming and some people are in super yachts Mm. uh, in terms of what the reality of the world today is. Mm. But I do believe that by working together, we can support everybody. Mm. And that is core to me and my philosophy. From a, a management and leadership piece, I also think a lot about providing opportunities for others Mm -hmm. to grow as a critical part of leadership and often knowing when to move aside and let others come into those leadership positions. Mm -hmm. And so often I feel a bit like when you're retiring from a sport, often athletes wait too long Mm. and they've had a couple terrible years and, and, and what, and they're, (laughs) broken knees. Well, and they're being forced out Mm. at that time by management. They're not good enough. It's just times have changed. And I think what I like to think about is often I'm getting older And Mm -hmm. so I get set in my ways and I'm not as innovative and I'm not all of those things. And so when is the right time for me to make sure that I'm moving aside and let Mm. other people of the next generation Mm -hmm. come in and fix things that I have not been able to fix and that generations before me have not been able to fix. And I think that to me goes back to like not having any ego or trying not to have any ego. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. my leadership philosophy broadly is around being hungry and humble mm, mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't invent that myself. I, I, I took that from a, <laughs> a person who used to put it on the inside of his sneaker oh. uh, for every game to remind themselves that oh. even though they made $200 million or mm-hmm, whatever they mm-hmm. made playing a sport, that every time they put their sneaker on, they grounded themselves in, I'm only as good as my last 
performance. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, I try to keep that philosophy core to me, Mm -hmm. no matter what role I'm in Mm. or what I'm doing. And so I think what that hopefully allows for is space for other people to provide their perspectives Mm -hmm. and and feel valued Mm -hmm. and to want to be coached. I guess, through the process of where they want to go in their lives and, and in their careers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Hungry and humble. I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to write it on my sneakers, but I, <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> I do like that because there, there is that, um, you know, need to push ahead, to make a difference, to actually show up and do the work and take right. take action. But you're right. You, you don't always know everything. Like, I mean, uh, uh, maybe if you're a narcissist, maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And I think, you know, even the hungry part is interesting mm-hmm. in today's world because this has been my philosophy for a long time. Mm-hmm. And COVID kind of came in. Mm-hmm. And I think you brought up a great point around, you know, when you really care about people, their mental well-being, and you want them to have fulfilled lives. Mm-hmm. So I often think about our employees and mm-hmm. all the companies I've worked for. And one of my big goals was never to burn them out or to, Mm. it was to make sure that they got the most out of the organization and supported the growth of the organization, but all in the purpose of being able to go back home and have really fulfilled lives with their families and create new opportunities for their families and all of those type of things. So even though I'm a business person, like one of my first jobs Mm -hmm. out of university was with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees Hmm. in West Africa. Mm -hmm. And so I got to go to West Africa and work with refugees with a business degree. Interesting. And so the combination of some of that as well too gives you a social view Mm -hmm. on how to care for people. And I think you see, and you and I see this, Mm -hmm. the wealth gaps. Yeah. And the, all of those type of things that exist even within organizations. I saw this in some of the companies that I've been in the past where myself as a senior leader, I knew what I made Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I had gotten there at a relatively young age Mm -hmm. because hungry and humble. I Mm -hmm, worked mm -hmm, twice as hard and mm -hmm. tried to be humble around certain Mm -hmm. things and was very, fortunate, I guess, Mm -hmm. in some ways. But I saw others who didn't get anywhere near Mm -hmm. the same type of compensation or opportunity. Mm. And you start to realize, oh my God, like the gap is too big. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how do we help these people Mm -hmm. get to better positions as they go forward in their lives? And so that's kind of the way that I've always kind of approached leading people and Mm -hmm. wanting and putting people first. Yeah. I think ideally, right? I think that's, I always wanted to be a person that when I saw someone on the street, whether we didn't get along perfectly or whatever mm-hmm, it might mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. that we had mutual respect for each other because there was genuine care yeah. for wanting the best for for people. Yeah, it's interesting. I reflect uh, even myself, especially during COVID, it's so easy to get burnt out. Yes. Actually, I was listening on the radio. They're talking about in Belgium changing the law to be a four-day-a-week work week mm-hmm. and allowing people at least to ask, request their employers for this. I don't know if it's compressed or I don't. I don't know. But people are thinking about how to work differently and uh, show up in in the world and all that kind of stuff. And I've been thinking about it quite a lot. And uh, I I definitely reflect for myself, especially during COVID, being maybe extra hungry, like feeling like this, I have to do things, I have to make things happen, the world Mm -hmm. is falling and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, reflecting that maybe I need to be a little bit more humble because people are getting burnt out and tired and with things changing constantly, we have a joke now with my team that we're on plan C, D, E. What plan are we on? Oh, we're on to the next plan. Actually, this morning, you know, the power was going to be out. So we just go with, we go with, it. we go with the, we go with the, we go with the flow. But it, it's, it's really important to um, take time to think about 
the people that are in your care beyond, you know, like just getting the activity or the outcome that you're trying to do. How do you, you know, as a leader, you know, you talked a little bit about being hungry and humble and trying to be thoughtful towards the people, you know, that are in your care or that are in your company or that you see on the street. But how do you like, how do you best influence the folks on your team, you know, when you're working together, you know, how do you motivate them towards the mission that you're trying to accomplish as a leader? It's a great question. I think the companies that are going to be successful moving forward, and I might argue even in the past, the ones that have been successful Mm. are Mm purpose-driven and purpose-led. And so I think if you can create purpose internally within your organization and a common vision of what that purpose means, Mm -hmm. and it's beyond just making money, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So you need to connect people around that common purpose and have them bought into that and want to be part of that. Because I think that creates a massive sense of pride Mm. in what people are doing. So what we spend a lot of time on internally is what is our purpose and how do we Mm -hmm. make sure that Mm -hmm. that is communicated well and connected. And at times it can certainly be challenging for different people in, in different places. The other part I think that you brought up, which was really interesting, is the mental health piece again, Mm -hmm. where what we try to do is do a lot of listening. Mm. And especially through COVID, quite honestly, the first 10 minutes of most of our meetings or most of my meetings with everybody is around how are they doing mentally. Mm. And so I talk a lot about making sure we get outside, making sure that we take breaks from Zoom and call, like there's no heroism (laughs) in being on Zoom calls for 17 hours a day. Mm -hmm. There's no expectation for me that people are doing that. Mm. The other thing, and I think you brought up, I think Europe, but I think Ontario's just done this where you can't send emails after five o'clock and expect a response. And I think they're going to start to legislate some of these things. Interesting. Right? So I try to do my best. Sometimes I sneak, it's like 5.30. I'm like, sorry, sorry. But but I also (laughs) think there's a balance in all of this, right? Mm -hmm. Because- You don't want to burn people out, but there's a hungry component Mm -hmm. that you need to have to be successful. And so the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours is a great example of this. If you don't put the 10,000 hours in, you can't really be an expert. Mm -hmm. So you have to do the work, Mm -hmm. like you said, but you have to be socially and emotionally healthy and all of those things before you can actually step in and do the work well. Mm -hmm. So often what we start with now is socio-emotional pieces with people. Mm -hmm. And then once that is in a good place, you can move them into a really good place to Mm -hmm. be able to say, hey, let's get hungry Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. the purpose and Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do here and all those things. Mm -hmm. But if you just jump into those discussions about hunger and drive and success, and you do not spend the time talking about socio-emotional health Mm -hmm. and how people's families are doing and all of those things, then I think you don't build the same level of trust Mm -hmm. and you lose people through that. Mm. Through, through that process. Oh, I like that. So for me, again, th- especially through COVID, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time talking about how people are mentally and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think the one benefit of all of this is, what I've noticed certainly is people are more comfortable sharing. Mm. I think because they feel safe. And I think you don't often see our racialized communities mm-hmm. talking about mental health. That is true. Because it doesn't feel safe. That is true. Because it's a sign of weakness mm-hmm. and it means you're going to get replaced here in the next couple of weeks because mm. you're not going to be the leader that we want. Because if you're having a mental health issue, you're not, you can't run our organization or you can't mm. do these things. Mm-hmm. So what I think that I've tried to do is create an environment where anybody can come forward and that we really believe in authenticity mm-hmm. around that and supporting people mm-hmm. through that. So treating people often like, um, I'll say like, super high-end cars yeah. where you're you're not trying to drive them into the ground. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't take your Ferrari and mm-hmm. take it out in the middle of winter and mm-hmm. bang it around. Mm-hmm. You would treat that thing 
like the amazing machine it is, mm-hmm. I guess. And I'm not saying people are machines, like but the, it's a bad like analogy. Cadillac maybe. that you're like yeah, polishing, exactly. And make sure the rims are right. There's always gas. The oil's mm-hmm. always right. Like mm-hmm. you're you, because then when you do take it out for a drive, mm-hmm. it drives the way it was supposed to be driven. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And so I think that the old school mentality is well, drive it into the ground. There's another car out there somewhere. We'll just pull in another car and we'll drive the other car into the ground. And so. I've really tried to not do that and yeah. to try and flip it on its head mm-hmm. and to be like, no, we have high end mm-hmm. things and we're going to treat them how they deserve to be treated. Mm, I like that. You've given me a lot to reflect on and think about. <laughs> I don't mean, maybe don't have the best analogies all the time, <laughs> no, but no, I'm no, glad you good. understand they're the, the perspective. Good. No, no, no. I think that's really important. And I think it's something you know I've been thinking about more and more lately is this balance between the drive to do the things that you want to do, not burning yourself out, not burning out others. And how do you kind of build the culture that you want so you can achieve long term? Because you, you and I have worked in companies that are like this, that literally burn through people. Yeah. Um, they last a year and they're like burnt out. I've It's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And um, they make the short term progress with those kinds of things. But long term, not super sustainable because it just people get burnt out. The culture gets burnt out. The products aren't good. Nobody knows how to make the products because everyone's been burnt out and they've left. Um, <laughs> and I would even go further, Alex. I'm like, we're humans. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think maybe what we've lost some ways is feeling. Mm. And so for me, it's like, what kind of feeling does that create in you mm-hmm. to burn people out and to cycle through them and to not care and to just bring new people in all the time? Like, you know, and I get that it always doesn't work out. People have different mm-hmm. things and transition to new things and all those things. But I think if you treat people with a level of respect and care and I'll call it humanity, mm. do you know what I mean? Like we don't run, um, slavery doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? For lack Mm -hmm. of a better term. And so we need to treat people in the way that we would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And so you and I as leaders, we know we appreciate flexibility. Mm -hmm. We appreciate being able to pick our kid up from school if they're sick. We appreciate being able to go to the doctor or support our parents Mm -hmm. or whatever the different things that we've got to do are. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't others appreciate the same type thing and to be able to build environments where they can have all of that as Mm -hmm. well too? Mm. You know, I think that those are really important things. And so important to reflect on, especially you're talking about the, the human connection. And I definitely think in these last two years for me, like I said, I rarely see humans. <laughs> I'm so excited to be doing this podcast because I could see a person in the real world. And so I was thinking about this, like you're, you're a leader, you're thinking about your team. You also are a human mm-hmm. who also needs to be connected to people, connected to other leaders. How do you maintain and build your own leadership capacity? Like, is there anything that you do to kind of keep the engine running? Uh, I do a lot of reading mm-hmm. is what I would say. Generally, I talk to a lot of other leaders mm-hmm. that I have a lot of respect for and try to get their perspective on how they're looking at different things or how they're mm-hmm. seeing things like ESG and other things mm-hmm. that we've talked about in the past. Those are probably the two biggest things, taking care of myself, mm-hmm. I guess, to some degree, making sure my family, because at the end of the day, a company's a company. Mm-hmm. We all move on. Mm-hmm. Our families are family. Yeah. And they're going to be with us forever through the ups and the downs and the, the health issues and the whatever other things are going to come at us in life. Yeah. Right? Because I kind of also view that Everything is only a moment in time. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we're having a moment in time. A week from now, it'll be different. A week later, it'll be different. Five years from now, it will be different. So things are going to constantly evolve and change. And so being grounded in who you are at home and the love of your family and the care about those people mm. is so critically important to being healthy, I would say, 
to be able to move out and care for others mm. and put that care into others. And so I've been very blessed with an amazing family, an amazing wife, a beautiful child, a mm-hmm. great brother, great mm. friends, all of those things that just allows me and reinforces for me who I am as a person mm. that allows me to go out, I think, into the community or into business or into different areas and show, I would say, a similar type care mm-hmm. for others as well, too. And thinking about that and that sort of base of support that kind of keeps you going, do you feel like there's something distinctive about your leadership style or something that you would say, you know, you said the hungry Mm -hmm. and humble. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing that you, you know, you're trying to care deeply about your team and staff and and Mm -hmm. really sort of. Um, want the best for them. Want the best for them, and what well, we did say, oil the engine, but mm-hmm. like you know, keep it, keep things humming, uh, humming along. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would say that you know makes you distinct as a leader? Other than you know, th- those are all wonderful things, but I'm just I w- wondering. If I would else say like, um, you know, I I kind of laugh like uh, I'm no genius. Is kind of the way that I think mm-hmm. about it. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, like mm-hmm. I don't sit here and say like I have figured out something that is rocket science or mm-hmm. what are, I'm not landing things on the moon or doing anything like that. The sad part maybe is what I would say is from my experience in the work world, mm-hmm. what I just described to you is distinct, mm. um, especially in very corporate environments. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I work in corporate environments and spend a fair amount of time boards and all kinds of other stuff. And so trying to bring this perspective mm-hmm. into those environments I guess is is distinct from my perspective is mm-hmm. maybe what I would say. Um, and so, but beyond that, I'm, I'm not sure if it is really that distinct or mm-hmm. different or any of those type of things, but it's something that I've been, it's been true to me mm-hmm. and who I am. And I think a lot of times with leadership, authenticity is critical. Mm. And so I don't expect other people to lead just like me. And so when I transition out and the next leader transitions in, they don't have to be me. Mm-hmm. That's not my, they should be them mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. should lead from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's some overlap in values yeah, yeah. and things like that. <laughs> but I think gone are the days where uh, we're, same, we're looking same. for clones. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's it at all. And so I take a view that, hey, this is my view today, mm-hmm. but the next generation will take it to a whole nother level. And I would hope the next generation after that will take it to a whole nother mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And my view is generally, it's going to move more to social mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. So the B Corps and the all of these type of things are, I think, going to become more important, hopefully in the larger publicly traded worlds and with the bigger companies where... Um, it's not just going to be about profit. Yeah. And I think I see this today when I talk to investors uh, across North America and in Europe where ESG has become so big. Oh, yeah. Right. And philanthropic investment mm-hmm. is there are billions of dollars sitting out there looking mm-hmm. for a home in ESG and, and philanthropy mm-hmm. around supporting a lot of the things that we're talking about as well, too. So I think the movement is underway. Yeah. Um, and there are some major issues that need to be solved for sure. But I do feel like we're moving slowly in the right direction towards um, a more equitable world in that context. Mm, I like that. I like that. Well, I, I only really had one last kind of question, which is really something we kind of ask a lot of our guests. You know, our podcast, we're focused on innovation-driven entrepreneurship. We want to support folks to participate in this kind of entrepreneurship, leadership Mm -hmm. in in this area is really important, especially for people of color Mm -hmm. and diverse groups to be entering into this space. But one thing we would always ask our guests, and I wanted to throw out to you, is innovation-driven entrepreneurship. What is that? Like, what does that mean to you? And do you think it takes a different kind of leadership? Great question. 
So I would say first maybe in helping define what it is from my perspective, I think it's about creating something new and building on the past. Mm. So that can be iterations, that can be a whole new idea, but you are taking insight and you're creating. Mm. And I feel like if you're creating something and iterating on things in the past, you are innovating, Mm -hmm. maybe by its very nature. So I kind of believe that that is maybe my definition for it broadly. When I think about the skill set required to get into it, I think it does connect to entrepreneurship deeply in that resiliency Mm -hmm. and team building Mm -hmm. and hungry and humble. Mm -hmm. And all those things become critical because as you know, those type of organizations that are innovation driven, it takes a village Mm -hmm. to be able to get those organizations to where they need to go because things are often very complex. Mm -hmm. And so you need deep science or deep this or or other regulatory or legal or Mm -hmm. all of this other expertise at the table to be able to navigate the right way Mm -hmm. to get it to market or to achieve the goal of the organization. And so a lot of the things that I think we've talked about around the core values and leaders Mm -hmm. and how they engage others around the table is a bit of the magic. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's still some of those single-minded entrepreneurs that Mm -hmm. maybe... um, Tough it out. Yeah, tough (laughs) it out and they push through and all those things. But I think over time, we're going to get less of those and hopefully more Mm team-driven, community-style collaborations Mm -hmm. that bring great innovation together. And I was hopeful with this through COVID because I think the idea of creating vaccines from around the world over a 12-month period what is unbelievable achievement of humanity. There's no question. We can talk about efficacy and all the other crazy stuff about it, but that doesn't even matter to me in the context of what mm-hmm. we're talking about. We're talking about the idea that I could identify something, create a vaccination for it, and move that forward over a 12-month period across Never hundreds of countries. Yeah. Right? Unbelievable. So when I think of climate change... And, or I think of, I don't know, maybe an asteroid's coming towards the earth one day. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> hope not. No, I hope not either, but who knows? Can we come together mm-hmm. and collaborate? Because one person is not going to solve that issue. Yeah, It's going to take a team of people working together with different opinions and common values mm. that allow us to solve those massive challenges, I think, in the future. Awesome. Awesome. Well, with that, I'm going to thank you so much for joining us on the Onside podcast, the podcast for innovation-driven entrepreneurship. And uh, if folks want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that and learn about your company and your business and about you? Yep. So I'm uh, very blessed today to be the president at Breathing Green. I sit on our board of directors. We're the first licensed producer of cannabis in Nova Scotia. We sell the Scotia brand. We love to bring the Nova Scotian values to everywhere we go. Um, And so you can find me on scotia.com or breathinggreen.com are are kind of two websites. You can also find me on LinkedIn and and other places like that. So uh, a little Googling, I'm not too hard to get to. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Or possibly a coffee shop downtown. There you go, you'll find me somewhere for sure. Okay, well, thanks so much. And uh, for our listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast uh, or check out our website, uh, onsidenow.ca. Thanks again. This has been a Podstarter production. production.